0: Oh, when the world is crap and you got the blues Just take a break from all that horrible news For something crazy, amazingly clever and never have asked. Except when it is Yes, it's the Randy, Randy Rainbow Podcast This song is almost over, girl So wipe your tears, you're in for a treat And feast your ears on this remarkable feat Yes, it's a famous celebrity Finally, podcast It
1: is revolutionary Randy Rainbow's podcast. The
0: Randy Rainbow Podcast. Happy New Year, Randy. Happy New Year to you. You look marvelous, as do Uh, I. Yes. Thanks for mentioning it.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right.
0: Oh, God. Here we are, 2023. Yeah. What do we do with it? I don't know. I'm, it's disappointing me so far, I'll be honest.
1: Oh, great. But okay. that's how I started. I was going to every- ask,
0: what are you looking forward to? Nothing at Nothing. all. Nothing. I just have a very negative outlook on everything. But I mean, first of all, are you, you know, New Year's resolutions? Is that something that you participate in? Do you hold yourself to, to, to those things? Hard no. Good. And <laughs> is this a, have you progressed to this place or did you experiment and then f- find oh, out yeah. that that doesn't work because it never does. Years and years
1: of lists, you know, yeah. New Year's resolution lists. And I think it's all just a little not realistic.
0: Why so? Because I because goals are good. Lists are good. I, I like them in my day-to-day life. But it's too much pressure, I think, for a whole year yeah. and a whole change of life because oh. the calendar changed.
1: Yeah. I, I learned in therapy that... you have to take things in very, very small steps. Like any goal you have has to be incremental for you to actually be able to follow through with it. So this idea of, you know, a list of 10 things you want to do differently in the new year, well, you're never going to be able to do those things. And usually those list for many people and for me for years was these big, big things, you know, like I want to exercise seven days a week. Well, you have to start at one day.
0: Exactly. You have to
1: start small. So I'm not against goals, have the goals, Right. but you know, start small for the things you actually want to accomplish because it takes time. So I reject new year's
0: resolutions. Good. You're wise. (laughs) I agree with that. But, or I think maybe at least mold them to a more attainable standard.
1: Yeah. Just any, just start small, like, yeah. you know, with something that you want to accomplish. I also don't like the idea of, well, it's New Year's, so now is the time to meet all your goals. Well, what if I have a
0: goal in June? Exactly right. You know yeah. what I hate? When people say, Happy New Year's.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: Because it's Happy New Year. New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's one year. Because, you because know, Right. I, unless you, I, I guess, if they're if they mean Happy New Year's Eve, and they're they're they don't have time to say the full title. I'm a little lazy. But. Yeah. So it's not Happy New Year's, people. This is a public service announcement, and my platform when I run for president will be better grammar, and this is one of my things. When you see us in the do you street, do you say it? You say Happy New Year. You say Happy New Year. If you say Happy New Year's, you are an assholes. Thank you. I'm Randy Rainbow, and I approve this message. So I'm really excited about today's guest, like really excited.
1: Me too. Who is it?
0: It's literally Sarah Silverman, who I have loved and worshiped for many years. I did not dream that she would, because she doesn't really do a lot of interviews and podcasts. She doesn't need to do anything she doesn't want to do. But she said yes immediately to this. Am I right? At least that's what you told me. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I think she was very excited to do this, which (sighs) I just said so much because you're right, because she doesn't have people on her podcast. So she's just kind of doing her own thing and why would she say yes to something she doesn't want to do?
0: Well, I'm I'm honored and excited to talk to her. And I love her podcast. She gives she does like a full Dear Abby kind of situation and just gives advice to her callers and she's so insightful and wise.
1: Yeah, and it's one of the few podcasts I think that takes on the issues and actually provides nuance and a balanced thoughtful response to some of the questions that are asked, you know, cuz nuance just disappears on the internet. But I feel like she does a really good job with that.
0: She is built for that sort of thing. It's not empty calories. I really walk away from that podcast like having learned something. So I have some questions I have to ask her about my life, good. my personal life, which, as you know, is in a shambles. Don't yeah. get me started.
1: Good. Hopefully, she can solve them all.
0: All right. We'll be back with Sarah Silverman after this. It's the- Up.
2: hey randy and from austin here i have a question that didn't get answered in your book or your live show i've taught kids how to do green screen editing and newscasts and it's not as easy to make it look as amazing as your stuff
1: where did you learn how to do video editing what software do you use and now that you're a megastar do you have a production team to do it for you i can't wait
2: to see your next creative works congratulations on all your accomplishments You're the
0: best. Um, Thank you for that. I'm always very um, surprised, really, when people compliment my editing or the technical side of my videos because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, to be quite honest with you. And it was—it's really just a means to an end. And I, whatever I know, I taught myself really through YouTube tutorials. And I did mention that in my book. How dare you? Read it again. But. I first make the music track and then I listen to it a bunch of times and then I storyboard it in my mind and then I just try to match the, the imagery with the picture that I have in my head. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I use uh, a combination of Final Cut Pro and Adobe After Effects to do the green screening stuff. Now everyone just uses TikTok. And in fact, I was talking to like a, a TikTok expert who was giving me tips on like how to be, you know, 22 again because I I post my videos, my musical videos on TikTok. And her note to me was, well, this looks really good and really pro and that's terrific, but you should really make it look worse. (laughs) You should make it look, you know, a little more DIY. I am so DIY, I literally still make my videos out of my apartment. There's a little room that, you know, there's like a studio in my apartment now that I go to, but it's it's a wall painted in green. That I'm standing against, and there's a camera, and then I go into my bedroom. But the kids today, they they use the apps. And if it doesn't look like grainy and like...
1: If it doesn't look bad, it's not the TikTok If it doesn't look bad, it's not
0: good. So fuck me. But uh, anyway, thank you very much for your question. And read the book again. Hi, Randy. This is
1: one of your biggest fans. I cannot see any video on your podcast. What can I do to fix
0: that? Was this my mother calling? Because this is so, so this is, what button do I press to see the video? Well, Rebecca, let me throw to you. What do, what do we tell people about the video?
1: Yeah. So if you are looking for video content from us, you can go to any of Randy's social media pages. Yeah.
0: We're now posting excerpts of the interviews to my social media platforms. I think people are confused and maybe I haven't done a, a good job explaining this. That we're not posting the full interview in its entirety, you know, in, in the video version. Will we ever post yeah. more than, I think, than yeah, our little I clips? I want to. Do you want to? We, I think we should. Yeah. yeah. So the answer is stay tuned because we're working on it.
1: I would say for people who want more video content, podcast content, go to your YouTube, go to your TikTok, and keep watching out for more full video that we intend to release. And if you want the whole episode now, you know, you're already
0: there. Enjoy. Thanks for calling.
1: Hey, Randy, this is Rick from Maryland. I heard, well, I I think it's a vicious rumor. I was hoping you could confirm for us. Are you planning to write a book or you wrote a book or something like that? I mean, you haven't mentioned anything about this. So it would be really good to hear from you directly and maybe you can quash this rumor. Thanks again. Bye.
0: I feel attacked by this question. I feel like you are making fun of the fact that I promote my products heavily on this podcast. How dare you? But thank you for asking. My book, Playing With Myself, is available now wherever books are sold. It is a New York Times bestseller and it is available in paperback this May. Hey, if you want to ask me a question or leave me a comment, you can do so by going to the show notes and clicking on the link and uh, talking to me. And it doesn't have to just be about me, although I do love talking about myself. It can also be about you. You can ask advice or things of that nature. So leave me a message. It's the Randy Rainbow and now a word from our sponsor. Hello friends, Randy Rainbow here asking you to come on baby, write my fire. Oh yeah, it's writemyfire.com and it's red hot. Write My Fire is the premium alternative dating platform for conservatives, offering the freedom to find love, relationships, and post racially insensitive comments without the fear of being suspended or held accountable. Because here, Cupid's AR is always taking aim. Stop feeling embarrassed posting pictures of yourself wearing hunting gear on those mainstream dating sites. No need to crop out the top of your MAGA hat here, because at Write My Fire, you can browse our extensive database of potential matches by age, favorite Newsmax host, or even skin tone ranging from white to Italian. Earth might not be getting warmer, but things are certainly getting hot at Write My Fire. Other dating apps offer troublesome inclusiveness to certain groups the Bible only lists in Leviticus, not us. We proudly use the same dating algorithm that God designed. At RightMyFire.com, we give you the power to meet and marry the conservative of the opposite sex of your dreams right from your phone. For thousands of years, man and woman have been roaming the earth looking for the perfect person. Now we have the power at the touch of your screen with Write My Fire, the way Jesus would have done had he had the ability to do so. Give new meaning to the phrase swipe right and turn up the heat with Write My Fire. Visit RightMyFire.com today. That was really a kick, but enough of that skit. Time to drop all the shit. Shit. I think a kiki with someone I love would be best My guest today has been one of the most impressive performers and comedians in entertainment for over two decades. She's one of the funniest people on the planet and a passionate advocate for creating a better planet for all people. Please join me in welcoming the beautiful and amazing Sarah Silverman. I so love you. I love you more. You do. Yes. Are we are we recording all this love? I can begin. <laughs> Sarah, I love you. Let me don't speak. I like don't to start. Don't speak. Yes. What is that from? Well, it's over Broadway. Thank you. I like to begin every interview by boring the shit out of my guest and telling them how much I I love them and and I really have to tell you that this is very special for me and you. Are very special for me. And you you have had a profound impact on me. And 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 I yes, it's true. And and I, I thank you so much for being here. We have traveled in a lot of similar circles, but I've never had the pleasure of actually meeting you. I
2: know. I can't believe you're talking to me through the TV
0: right now. Can you believe it? No, oh thank like Thank you.
2: Oh, I just watched Tits and Ass, AKA Prayers, Thoughts and Prayers.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh I was Amazing. I was, thank you, honey. I was just watching your podcast and I'm glad that you're feeling better from your tonsillectomy. It was Why are we doing that at this age? I get abscesses that
2: were like the first time I got this abscess, it, it almost killed me. And I had like surgery where I was like, the doctor was like, told my boyfriend, I was unconscious that it was like a 50, 50 chance of survival. And I, I lit I have
0: from that story. Yeah.
2: And it was supposed to never happen again, like once in a trillion, you know, thing. And then it happened again. So then he's like, you got to get your tonsils out or you're going to be in Timbuktu and like die.
0: Oh, shit. You know. And it was awful for two weeks. It was excruciating.
2: You know, they, he warned me. He was like, it's excruciating excruciating pain for two weeks and there's no way around it.
0: Why? Why is there nothing that can, they can give you or something?
2: It's just like you swallow and it, it feels like you're swallowing broken glass and your body goes, no, don't do it. You know, (laughs) but you have to, it's crazy. Anyway, I'm better.
0: I'm so glad. I
2: lived. I know. I I was like, I don't want to die of getting my
0: tonsils out. (laughs) Did you eat all the ice cream you could dream of?
2: you know, I was like, oh, I'll just eat ice cream and have blah, 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 and everything. It's, it hurts. It all hurts.
0: Oh, so it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. (laughs)
2: It isn't. It's much better if you're seven.
0: Exactly. Well, let's start with a fun topic and then we'll get to like the really fun stuff like anti semitism. but let's start light. (laughs) Oh, fun. Well, we got two Jews here. We got it. We got to bring it up, but I loved you for many years before I realized what a musical theater nerd you are. (laughs) I didn't know, and I think it was the interview that you did on Sirius with our friend Seth Rudetsky that I happened to see on YouTube like 11 years ago and then I really loved you. So what? What? what is your history with musical theater? Um, when I was a kid, my mother put me to sleep with the soundtracks to Oklahoma and The Music Man. Did you have a similar experience? Yep. My
2: mom okay. had all the records. You know, I grew up in New Hampshire, so I, I didn't see a lot of theater other than like community theater. But she loved Annie Get Your Gun and... Chorus Line, of course. And then I got into like Dreamgirls and Les Mis and Little Shop of Horrors we went to see in Boston. And that was like the first like professional show I saw. And I fell in love with it. And, you know, you know how it goes. I know how it goes. But then my mom directed like local theater in New Hampshire. So
0: she did the musicals and stuff and made the costumes and painted the sets and... And then cut to you, you recently wrote and mounted your own musical, which I am ashamed and embarrassed that I did not get to see because I've been schlepping around the country. Well, I also did not receive an invitation to open (gasps) a night, which is egregious. Touche. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll have to invite you to the next incarnation of it.
0: That is my question. Are you at liberty to discuss the future of this musical, The Bedwetter?
2: I don't know. Nobody told me, but... Apparently we're moving to Broadway in the fall, but like Get a theater out. has to open up and stuff, but the producers seem confident. I hope I'm not jinxing it by saying this, but we're oh, sorry, working sorry. on it. You know, we're making little tweaks and stuff and exciting.
0: That's so exciting. What Did you enjoy the process? I mean, that's no small feat to mount a fucking musical. Did you enjoy the process? I know it went back years and years before Ten it years, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I loved it. It's such a different process than film and television. And, you know, my partner that I started it with and all the way to, you know, died of COVID April 1st of 2020, Adam Schlesinger. And he was so impatient because we both come from TV and and movies and stuff. And he was writing, you know, a bunch of songs a week for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So he's like, what? Just give us a date. Like, let's just do it. It's done. It's ready. You know, but. Every time we would work on it more, we would, I would say, are you glad we didn't put it up? You know, six months ago, it's come so far, I guess, you know, but um you have to just have patience and do other things at the same time and have it always be like a constant there working
0: bit by bit, you know, you, you, though, you have said you're a honer. I'm a slow honer, yes, yeah. sl- you're a slowner. Are you a perfection is that perfectionism? <laughs> would you say, and does it torment you?
2: Well, no, I suppose it would like in terms of my stand up, I'm a very slow honer, and I move slowly, and I'm you know just adding little sometimes a joke needs an end or a pause or it takes so long to figure it out and like if I do a special, I would never watch it again because I'd go great you know, I'd go crazy. I'd want to keep going. Like, there's never a point where I would be done unless it had to be done at a certain point. So, and then with my podcast, I'm the opposite. It's, you know, I prepare a bit, but it's very messy and loose, you know, and it's like, whatever happens that goes up, you know, like it's, that's it.
0: I love your podcast. I really do. This format. I mean, you essentially give advice to your callers.
2: Yeah. I, my intention was for it to be funny, but it's taken a very
0: different trajectory. Yeah. But who, but I love this direction and who knew you had the wisdom of 10,000 Jewish grandmothers. You're like, it's like dear Abby or Ann Landers or like, you know, you're like Dr. Laura, but not horrible.
2: You know, it started because the pandemic happened and I couldn't do stand up, And I was like, okay, I'll do a podcast, but I didn't want to, and this is, no offense to I love going on friends podcasts. And as soon as you asked me, I was like, Oh my God, yes. But I, I can't, um, handle the, the pressure and just, I I don't want to ask people to be guests on a show. I just, that's like my biggest fear. So I just said, I just want it to be me talking and we'll take calls. Mostly because, yeah, I can't bear to go like, hey, will you do my podcast like this? You know, I just didn't want to be a part of it. So it became that. And then the callers really dictate the trajectory of the episode.
0: It's so good. I have a couple questions I need to ask you about my personal life in a little bit. <laughs> okay. We'll get to that. I'm going to utilize my time with you. But I did want to just mention that on your last episode... And we talk about this is i won't dwell on this. If people are interested in talking and, and hearing what you had to say, they can go listen to the episode. But you did mention your longtime friend Dave Chappelle and his yeah. his monologue uh, on SNL. And you did criticize it for being fairly pretty anti-Semitic, which I unfortunately have to agree with. So, yes. again, say as much or a little, as little as you want. My question is— as a listener, I was wondering what, what happens next? Have you heard from him? Did you reach out to him? Do you expect to? It broke my heart a little bit because I know your history with him and what happens now?
2: I, I haven't heard from him. Maybe he didn't even hear, you know, I mean, like, I don't think he's like listening to podcasts on the regular or anything. So, I mean, it might not even like touch him. I, I didn't, Warn him or anything. I just, you know, in my mind, it's, I felt like it was loving. But, and like I said at the beginning, like first I was just like, I don't have to comment on this. Like, I just, I really don't like having to weigh in on other comedian stuff at yeah. all. But like he says in his monologue, this is where I draw the line. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I, I just... I felt like I had to say something and I felt like I could hold both things, you know, that I love him. I admire him. I'm proud of him and I'm mad at him. And, and I, I worry, I spoke up only because I felt like his words could get people hurt. He's, you know, he's incredibly influential. People really trust what he says, including me. And so that was really hard. And, and, Speaking out because I'm Jewish, I also felt guilt for one, because I think Jews always feel guilt speaking out for themselves. It's easier to speak out on behalf of other people. And then two, because I never said anything about the tram stuff. You know, I just, I just was like, wanted to stay out of it. So now I'm, now I'm involving myself. So, you know, there were a lot of conflicts, but I just, uh, yeah, I just, Felt like I wanted to. I, I thought about it for a few weeks. I didn't just mm-hmm. say something right away, but I couldn't stop thinking about it, and um,
1: so I said something.
0: Well, I think you handled it beautifully and eloquently, as
1: Thank you do you. everything.
0: Is this uh, is this just an exhausting time to be Sarah Silverman with with all of the? I mean, you know, all of this division in the world and the country seeping into smaller communities like the comedy community and affecting these personal relationships. Is it tricky at least and and just draining at worst?
2: It's, it's really exhausting and really tricky, but I think it's really exhausting and really tricky for everyone. Yeah. I think everyone's going through this and in, in all on all sorts of levels and degrees, yeah. you know? It's fucking exhausting. And Twitter's become such a cesspool and it, in a way it's been a gift because I just I'll I'll post something, but I'm kind of exit only. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I just
0: drop and I, go. I'm
2: not I'm not looking at how my who's responding. I'm not looking at at any responses. I'm not, you know, I'm, I barely go on at all. And it's it has really helped my happiness.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I especially now it just gets worse by the second at that, that Twitter, which brings yeah. me to my next thing, which is about me. So let's get back to me and how much I love you again. And I, when I first, and I write this in my memoir, my New York times bestselling memoir, (gasps) this is how, this is how much I mean. This is, uh, when I saw Jesus's magic, it changed something in me. It, 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 it shifted my whole course. And I'm sure that this is true of a lot of people, particularly in my age group, but it just, it was theatrical and musical and, uh, irreverent. And I just said, it made me sit up in my chair and say, I want to do something like that. And I just, there was a time absolutely where I just, you know, 12, 13 years ago where I just full out was, you know, mimicking you and other comedians who I aspired to to be, but mainly you. And well, first of all, I think that you'll, you'll agree that uh, oftentimes, especially, I think I read somewhere, like, if you're an aspiring comedy writer, you should find the people you love and the shows you love and pretend you're writing for them. I think I was doing that like for you for a time, much to my detriment (laughs) because I did it all wrong, but we'll get to that later. But Um, look
2: what you've become, this this totally singular force. I mean, you know, a a musical theater, a, a political comedian with like, so much to say and so many clear points done. And that is my, that is my favorite done silly. You know, I mean, silly. it's just like just delicious medicine, you know?
0: Oh, thank you. Well, you, you have played a big part in this, believe oh, it or not. Good. Yeah. Um, who were those people? Were there people when you were starting out that you would just flat out just mimic or try to emulate?
2: I mean, I, I know Steve Martin was like my idol still love him and you know albert brooks and woody allen and yeah. and then i loved musical theater you know like i wanted to be eponine you know <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know or whatever i wanted to be i think i said this on seth's seth Rodetsky's um thing is um i wanted to be aldonza you know, from Man of La Mancha. Man Mancha. I love that show. It's so beautiful. And, yeah. and I remember telling my mom that. And she said, Oh, sweetie, you don't have the voice for that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh moms.
0: Oh. My mother thinks I could play Aldonza. She she you wouldn't could. dare. I probably could. But, you know, talking about Twitter, I loved what you did in Jesus' is Magic because, you know, I, I wanted to sort of like fast track myself to that. Edginess, which I know you'll roll, roll your eyes at that word, but um, not because I wanted to just you know say dirty words and be offensive. Because I never thought that's what you were doing.
2: I didn't feel that way either. I remember people would go like, "Well, she's so dirty," and I'd be like, "I'm not dirty." And I remember, my boyfriend at the time was like, "Yes, you are," but I never felt that way.
0: Before. Well, it's this—it's the this satire is what spoke to me, and I—that's I, all I saw. And in my house growing up with my New York Jewish family. I think the relationship to humor was, um, you know, it should be used as a healing device. It should be a tool, um, and and if you could find a way to say the worst things or the most polarizing things uh, in a way that elicited laughter, or or was even charming, or even better, if you could turn it back on yourself and and be somewhat self-deprecating and make yourself the butt of the joke then that's a win and that's what i saw you doing and i said oh if i could do that you know you 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 were doing that so masterfully anyway that that led to me you know posting jokes where i would play with tropes and 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 experiment with racial humor which i don't have to tell you the end of the story it, it bit me in the ass and i got a lot of backlash like 11 years later
2: oh i didn't know that happened to you but i mean yeah. happened i shouldn't say happened to you Listen, comedy is not evergreen,
0: and I quote you saying that every every day.
2: And yes. of course, so when you bring up Jesus's magic, I have so much love for that special, but it aggressively does not hold up because yeah. so much of what I did was racial, and there's just no room for that in this moment in time. Like so much of it was racial, and I was the character I played in this, in that, and my Subsequent good TV show was an arrogant, ignorant person, you know, an ignorant, arrogant. And, um, I was the racist. I was the, you know what I mean? So it, it, I feel like people got it. There's always going to be what, what an old friend of mine would call a mouthful of blood laughs, you know, where it's, you can't control how people infer it. But, um, I, I feel like most people got it in the right spirit But yeah, I mean, you know, the the especially like in this my last podcast, I talk about this picture of me in the most racist version of of blackface that's floating around and the episode that it comes from doesn't exist because the just powers that be just took it off any streaming, anything. So you don't see any context. And I know we're living a time where it's like there is no context where that's okay. And I of course accept that that's right but there was one. It was, you know, I was, you know, I, I, anyway, um, I talk about it on my podcast if people are interested.
0: You seem to handle it very patiently and graciously. And you've, you've, you've dealt with it on a much larger scale than I, but I still, I, I have the same thing too. If, you know, if people want to own me on Twitter, I will be tagged this you, Randy, that's what I get all the time. Yes, it's me. And if you'd like, you know, a, a high-res version of it, it's in my book. I I put it there and I talked about it for 19 pages. Right. But I, to be quite frank, it still stings and it angers me that this sort of disingenuous attempt to malign my character based on a character that I half acidly was trying to play 12 years ago and take things out of context and and try to make a point based on that.
2: I mean, I've had death threats from a a meme, from a quote from Jesus magic, where I say, you know, I'm glad the Jews killed Jesus. I'd do it again. If I heard his Birkenstocks coming this way, whatever it's, you know, all character, but I'm guessing the far right made a meme of me that the picture is from me speaking at the DNC but the quote is I'd kill Jesus again I would you know I'm glad and it's gotten me it, you know death threats and and there's a pastor that on YouTube that said killing uh, me would be god's work and
0: that's horrifying and
2: even the way of like knocking out my teeth and and killing me and literally giving like marching orders to an entire congregation like it's very dark you know and and whoever made the meme was absolutely disingenuous they knew they were putting together a, a picture of something serious and a quote from something that was in character.
0: So what's your secret or do you have one?
2: I mean, I brought it to light, you know, I think bringing it to light, you know, showing it, posting yeah. it myself, you know, and saying, this is, you know, if anything happens to me, uh, you might want to look at this guy, <laughs> you know, or, I don't know. It's, it's, it is frightening. You know, I'm not, um I've had situations where the FBI contacts and says, you know, you should get security. We, we know that we've been following, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't, I don't have like bodyguard money. I'm a comic, you know, like I'm like, I'm on tour, like sitting in Southwest gates, you know, most right. days, you know, like, but, um, you know, about not complaining, but it's, it's odd, but I, I don't want to say I brought it on myself, you know, but I certainly, I put myself out there and there are, are dangers and consequences,
0: you know? Well, um, you, d- you just announced your tour for next year. Congratulations on that. Thanks. I'm Do you, terrified. Uh, now, why, where are you with your, with the show as it will be in 2023 right now?
2: Uh, I've got, I've got a very rock solid 30 minutes and the road I'm going to have to figure out the other 30 as I go, you know, and it's, I hate having to travel the day of a show and there's a lot of those where I'm Oof. flying the same day and you have to, stress that the flight doesn't get delayed and, you know, and I need to be working. I've always gone on tour when I have the hour, but I don't have it. I have about Uh half of it and I'm going to have to, I can definitely like headline. I can make that half hour longer and, uh, but I'm going to have to be trying new stuff every night and really work, you know, I can't like, Hey, let's do this in the day, you know, and then do the show at night. Uh, We're all going to go, you know, to the Bubba blah in this town or whatever I'm going to be working because I have to do, I actually owe a special to HBO. And I, I've never, I've only made three specials. You know, yeah. I've been around forever, but I just am not special oriented. But because I did a pilot for HBO right before the pandemic, they're kind of calling and saying, you know, we want it. And so, um, so I'm doing it this way, which is, I'm trying to be very positive. My instinct is to go, oh, I want to be home, but then I have to go, hold on. This is the dream, right? (laughs) Okay. It's ridiculous to do this and not have fun and do all the work and remember that this, this is what I love, you know? So I've, I've been very good at practicing that and, um, and, and knowing that, you know, ultimately, just like I've said, um, the same thing that, spirals me into depression is what gets me out, which is nothing matters. I'll go, nothing matters and go down, down, down. And when I come out, I go, who cares? Nothing matters. Go have fun. It's the special will happen. You'll figure it out. Have fun. This is, you like writing jokes, right? (laughs) You know, like these are puzzles you enjoy.
0: This has been my inner monologue for the last four months because I just wrapped my tour in Hawaii. I'm ex- extremely jet lagged. I don't know what the hell I've just said on this whole call. Oh my um, god! But four months of just like you know, it's it's horrible, but I love it, and I want you know, champagne problems. Right. I, I I'm so right. fortunate that I get to do this, but I fucking hate it. But I love it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's the travel yeah. I
2: don't like. It's the all. travel. If I, you know, I have a con- I have like. Big famous comic friends that are like, oh, this the tour, this tour has been amazing, and I'm like, oh, that's so great. But in the back of my head, I'm like, well, yeah, you have a private jet. <laughs> like it's right. it really makes the whole thing quite pro- pleasant, probably. But that's it. And I'm happy for them, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's a little
1: different.
0: It's like Elaine Stritch once said. The prostitute once said, "It's not the work, it's the stairs." <laughs> Dear, right. T- it's exactly, that is the quote of life because that's true of everything. It's oh getting my God, there.
2: I love her so much. Once, I did a movie with her please, once. Please
0: give ago. me an Elaine Stritch story if you have one.
2: Not a great movie, but a very fun experience. Actually, it was with Chappelle and Norm MacDonald and, and Sherman Hemsley and Elaine Stritch.
0: Oh my God, what is this movie?
2: Don't watch it. It's called Screwed. Okay. And I play like the usual, like angry, cunty girlfriend. okay. But I got to work with Elaine Stritch. So I was just like, oh, you know, and um, and it was fun to make. But she was she told me that she lost her virginity to Frank Sinatra when she was like 16.
0: She said that? Yes. There's a clip on her, I think it's her a 60 Minutes interview. You must watch it now. And she tells a story about meeting Frank Sinatra and pissing him off, like within the first 15 minutes of their date. And the, its story ends with, her, with Frank Sinatra saying, get her out of here.
2: They could both be true. They could.
0: I guess she worked very fast if that, if both stories are true, but I'm interested to know watch, watch the 60 minutes and see what you think. But
2: is she wearing a button down white shirt with black tights and nothing else? What else? I mean, that's my dream. Also, she was like, yeah, call me. I'm, I, I live at the Plaza. Like she, she lived the Carlisle. at like the Plaza. Oh yeah. Like I, I want to live in a hotel.
0: This is my, my whole life's mission is to, to morph fully into a lane stretch. I'm halfway there.
2: Completely. Like, can you imagine your nursing home is the Carlisle, basically? Oh, my
0: God. That's the way to do it. I can't, I can't let you go without asking you some personal advice Anything. for myself. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A topic on this podcast has been my, my love life or tragic lack thereof.
2: Oh, I love it because I, I keep a list of singles.
0: Are you saying you might have someone for me?
2: I have to think about it, but I keep a list of singles, single people that I love so that I can kind of see if there's a mix and match.
0: All right. Well, please put me on the list. And I I think you're the perfect person to ask because my trouble is this, doctor. I, like you, value my independence. I love living alone. I'm an only child. That I don't, we don't share that, but I, right. my whole life, have just loved. And when I go home at night, I'm like, I can't believe I get to live here by myself and I'm alone. And However, as you go through life and you become 40, it's like it's time to get something going here. And I have this desire now to open myself up to the experience of, of letting someone in, but I'm terrified of giving up my independence and That's my exactly freedom. That's exactly where
2: I was before this relationship. Before
0: you met Rory.
2: Rory! Um, but I think it's a great place to be where you are your own. So many people are terrified of being alone. And it's a horrible way to get go into a relationship. Right. You love being alone. I mean, I used to come home and be like, what do you want to do tonight, me? I mean, I just, I'll never be sick of it. Yeah. But you can go into a relationship, first of all, that you love being alone so much that someone would have to be so amazing for you to want to give that up. And that's great. And you're in a place where you know what you need. Like, I didn't know I needed to be alone for a real chunk of time every single day. And I've been in relationships where I didn't get that. And I didn't realize what was... Going on, you know, all of a sudden I'd be sick, and like, it was the only way I could like be alone. But you know this about yourself. You can set those parameters, and it's not going to be something where they make it about themselves, which is the biggest fear. You know, is that you needing to be alone is inferred by them as you don't want to be with them. You know, and right. that's like a a constant. It's a lot of work, but um, yeah, it's like, there's, there are people who also have those feelings. Like, we both like being alone. We'll do it. We'll both be home and do, be doing our own things or do parallel play or be in different rooms. And then we have like, we meet in the bedroom, like, oh, you want to meet at 11 and we'll watch, you know, Jack Ryan and, you know, we'll, you know, have sex or whatever and cuddle and all those wonderful things too.
0: Is Rory single? Cause he's my type.
2: I know. Much. Wait. So, Tell me your type with no judgment. It's okay. Like whatever it is, is your thing.
0: It's, I'm all over the map with my type. I mean, physically, I I like a a kind of a bigger. You want to be smaller. I want to be the little spoon. Okay. Yes. Got it. All right. Good to know. And um, I don't really have, I mean, listen, I go back and forth. Like, do I want another Jewish person? Like, these are things that I do. I want someone else who's like an the entertainment industry or not everyone says no to both of those things when I ask those questions aloud what do you think
2: you know it's you know I've always been with other than one actor Michael Sheen I've always been with comedy co- comedians it's just yeah. what I've always what I'm drawn to and you know there's something to Lena you know, Rory does comedy but he's a writer producer as well and like so it's we fit well you know I mean like you are you're the flower, you know, you right. need a, yes. you need a, a stem. You need a, a chlorophyll. You need a, you know like I need
0: to be chlorophyll. You need
2: to be able to <laughs> you need to be able to feed each other, you know, and and not have any weird competition or have to minimize yourself for him to love you, you yeah. know, or or any of those things, you know.
0: That's what I need, a writer, director, you know, producer, off-camera type person. I think yeah. would be perfect for me. What you got on yeah. your list? You have anyone on the list now? No, I'll, I I'll, do. I, I won't put you on the spot, but... I do, but I... Think of me. Hold on. I have a little thing. It's called See, singles. now we're getting somewhere. The whole purpose of this podcast I, I started is to get laid.
2: I'll be on the lookout.
0: Good. Because I do have
2: one friend who so much. New York-based? I don't
0: know. He's L.A. Oh, God. We need jammit. a New York-based.
2: Okay. We, I'm I would, on it. it would
0: be helpful. All right. Sarah, I just have one more thing on my list. I do want it because you're kind of like a low key. I feel gay icon. Do you feel? Ooh. That, do you think? Is that on low your resume? Key. I mean, I I as, no, obviously you, aspire
2: you, to it, but I'm you, you know, are share. I've, I am not.
0: That's why I say low key. I mean, I'm I low think key. that yeah. Um, but you are. And so I like to know what my gay icons feel about my other gay icons. So I'm just going to do a quick speed round. I think that you've worked with some of these people. Some of them you've not. Some of them you may love or hate. But okay. uh, let me just go through the list. Stretch was on there. I already got Stritch. Oh, Patty LuPone.
2: Oh, I have the great honor of knowing Patti LuPone. Me too. You know, um... She played my mother in a pilot that didn't go. And it was like the greatest experience of my life. She's fucking so cool. I, I love her. her. Obsessed. Yeah. And I just, I love when she spanks the audience. Like she just gives no fucks. No. And she's right.
0: She came over to my apartment because we did a <laughs> video together. And she came to my apartment. It's another chapter in my book. I wrote a whole thing about it. It's called Patty fucking Lupone. Um, Steven Sondheim.
2: I mean, you know, just love so much. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I never met her or anything, but yeah.
0: I mean, I've heard you quote him. You've you you love um, Sunday in the Park.
2: Oh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I was like, it, children and art move yeah. on. Yeah, is like just it was like therapy to me. Yeah, you know, the I mean, I think about it all the time. The choice may be mistaken. The choosing is not. Just yes. make a choice. How often are we so paralyzed by choices because we don't want to make the wrong one? It doesn't matter. They're all the right one. They all lead to wherever you're supposed to be going, you know?
0: It's amazing. I listen to his stuff like at different stages in my life. And every time I revisit it, it, it grows with me. It's like a parent, you know, shepherding me through through and I'm like, oh, I when I listen to it 10, you know, 10 years later. I have a whole different perspective. I hear the lyrics different. I'm like, that's what that means because of the experiences I've had.
2: Right, and that and that's what makes it art because you can look, you know, there's a book I read the one year I went to college that I always think of called Ways of Seeing. And it's about looking at paintings, but it's about everything, you know? So it's like, right, art is something that you can look at the same piece every day. And it's different because you're different. The world is different. All these things are changing. So what you see is becomes different each time and it has different meaning. I mean, things I go back to, like I, probably every six months or maybe once a year I watch and I just got an itch for it today. Act three of Penelope Ann Miller in Lincoln Center's
0: Our Town. <laughs> like, really? I've never even seen this.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, the whole thing's amazing. But have you seen Our Town? Like, did you see it at the Barrow Street or
0: anything? No, I've seen it in my life. But no, I haven't. Where is it is Is this available on? Uh,
2: I watch it I on YouTube. It? it must have been, you know, 20 years ago. This easily. is what I'm
0: doing tonight.
2: Yeah. But act three, it's when she is dead and she gets to go back for her and and relive like the day of her 12th birthday. And she says, does anyone ever see how beautiful everything is? Every, you know, everything. And and Spalding Gray is the stage, stage manager. And he says, no, the poets, some, but not, you know, it's just, it reminds me of, you know, I read it, I read it in my bedroom in New Hampshire and and cry. And all the way to my mom died six years ago, seven years ago, maybe seven years ago. Anyway. And watching it after her dying, because when your mom, is your mom alive?
0: Yes. Last time I checked.
2: You you know, so I, I had Souris with my mother. You know, I mean like yep. Klonopin would help me when I knew I was <laughs> visiting my mother, you know, but right. we were close but not but also it was hard. It was hmm. hard. And I knew that when she died, everything good would float to the top. So I mm-hmm. would actually try to <laughs> pretend she was dead when she was alive and like really do a and try to see try to get, bring all that good stuff to the top while she was living. And it works to a degree, but it, the second your mother dies, you see everything she was for the first time. Like it just all rises up. You'll, I mean, (laughs) knock wood, you'll, in a long time, you'll see this mom. (laughs) But, but to then to watch our town after that is like a whole new, you know. Whole new thing. It's just very interesting.
0: Wow, this is that's what I'm doing tonight. I'm very excited that you've, you've opened my eyes to something new. Nellie and Miller. Uh, who who would think? I didn't Wah-wah. even know she did that. Wow. Um, next, Barbara Streisand. Oh, are Thank you you're so you're, a, you're a lover of Barbara? Of course. Okay.
2: I got to meet her one time, Tell and me. I desperately wanted her to be like, "Oh, I I know who you are. You're so funny." But she no, was good luck with she, it. and it was almost worse. She went. Oh, you're a comedian. Yeah.
0: Are I you said, right? yeah,
2: I'm such a fan. She went, mm-hmm.
0: Ooh. And I was like,
2: no, but <laughs> does not change a single thing. I worship her. I wanted her to direct again.
0: I know they, they would not, they won't let her. They, they, there were so many things she wanted to do. She wanted to do Gypsy. She wanted to do Sunset Boulevard. Why, movie, can, they,
2: why isn't she, she should do anything they, she wants to do. Uh,
0: yes. And they would not let her. And we are now robbed of this greatness. I lose sleep over it. Don't get me started. That
2: is that yeah. is that makes think, no
0: sense. But you know how it is. They you you'd think that they would just let certain people just do anything, and and the, there are adults in the room who think they know better.
2: You know, they're like celebrating all these women directors now, and I'm like, right. um, which is amazing. Right. But it's like, I remember Barbara Streisand. Like she, fucking, yeah. she's amazing.
0: I think she's over it now. Anyway, she's. She's a grandmother. She's like hanging out in, the, you know, grandma's house and the, the barn and the Starbucks and the basement. I think she's right. content.
2: She doesn't need. She doesn't need. She doesn't need. And good for her.
0: We should all yeah. be so lucky as to not yes. need so much. Right. And then, um, uh, well, I'll end with Joan Rivers, the great. I mean, Where do you think she would be? I think of this often. I was so devastated when she left because it was like it, it, 81, she but was, she was, as you have said, she had her whole life ahead of her. It was like she, was she, she might as well have walked hand. out and gotten hit by a bus. You know, that's how it felt. But I also think to myself, would she have survived the climate now or would they have dragged her into uh, misery?
2: You know, I mean, she it, it, in a way, I want to say, oh, she would have been like canceled immediately in this culture. But at the same time, it's like we really needed her. We needed her to go. Oh, grow up. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like uh, and I I take in a lot of that stuff and go, oh, well, right, you know, I try to like yeah, I'm somewhere in between it all, you know, but but we need her to go like, oh, fucking stop it. Yeah. You know, and uh, that would have been good. And also just the Trump of it all. I mean, she was friends with him, but I know she would have been, she would have been very outspoken.
0: I was just watching a video of an interview of hers and she is, and she had just done Celebrity Apprentice right? and she's singing the praises of Trump and Herschel Walker and she loves them both. It's crazy. It's yeah. Oh my God.
2: Herschel Walker was on that.
0: And she loved him because he, you know, he wasn't a, I guess, a, a threat to right. You to could love him if he's
2: just like the guy, a guy who's also on Celebrity Apprentice. Which, by the way, I watched every episode of. <laughs>
0: like, her comedy was so driven. She always always said anger fueled her comedy. I related yeah. to that very much. Is that a New York Jewish thing? Is that because you, you don't seem so angry? But would you no. say that your comedy is? Is there a foundation of anger?
2: A lot of comedians are fueled by it and it, sure. and it drives their success.
0: But you, it's not evident in, I don't think in your comedy, no. but it is, it, it is there. I mean, even when you were doing, playing the character in Jesus is magic, there's gotta be some anger that's saying like, look at this fucking asshole who would say this shit. You know, that's kind of like an anger. If you look at it that way.
2: I guess it was, I felt more like it was mirroring things, you know, but I, you know, and I've also, I'm fundamentally different, but I never really was fueled by anger. I wasn't motivated by anger or jealousy or anything like that. I never thought of like when people go, where do you see yourself five years from now? I'm like, it would never occur to me to even think about it. I just never think about it. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, she was fueled by that. We're, you know, I, I we were very different, but I love, but I, we, she really loved,
0: she was so loving to me. Oh, she thought you were a genius. She said it all the time. She, oh she did love you. Yeah.
2: But I, I, but boy, I admired her so much. And, and she was always writing, you know, I yeah. mean, do you, you must have seen the
0: documentary about every her. day of my life. I have to watch it twice a day.
2: That file cabinet of jokes oh. and that one of the topics of a whole file cabinet was Tony Danza jokes. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And when she was promoting that, I was on Fallon with her. And she said, I don't know if think she said it on the air, but she said I, she hated the documentary and she was so embarrassed about it and she wanted to quash it. And then it went to a festival and everyone loved it. And she was like, oh, you know, but it, because how do you not put your ego in that? You know, yeah. they show her with no makeup, which you don't see at the very beginning and all that stuff. It's so vulnerable, which is not something she mined vulnerability. She was strong. She was, you know, a road dog. She was always at the cutting room writing. And she was so frustrated because, you know, of course, we all love Don Rickles. Yeah but she would be like, he's had the the same material I've had for 30 years. I write every day, you know, and and like never getting the respect she craved, never getting the the acting roles. She did, you know, she saw herself as an actor. And of course she was any comic going out there and, and making material like you are just thinking of it now that's acting, you know, and she acted in, A couple movies, but The Swimming Pool, I think, or what was that called? You know, but she really could have, she had so much more in her. Like, I think when people die at 81, they go, oh, we had a good run. She was just getting started. And something that always inspires me about her is that she said, she didn't really feel like she found herself in stand-up until her 70s. That's amazing. And I love that because, you know, I'm 52 and I don't want to, I don't feel like, My best work is behind me at all. I'm like, just, I feel like I'm just waking up, you know, but that inspires me.
0: Absolutely. People make a lot of your, your beauty and your youthfulness. And I know you've, you deny all your plastic surgery, but what if you have one? (laughs) Oh boy, I've
2: been in the mirror lately. Like, God, I just want to just, I go do it. Would you do? Would you ever? Is it
0: something like this? Is it something like this? Because they do things now that are just non- non-invasive, subtle. Would you ever?
2: I have seen a lower facelift that looks phenomenal.
0: I'm already looking into it. It's already, yeah.
2: But I like the time it takes. Like, I I kind of have a dream. I go, I'll go away. <laughs> I'll get this, like, little facelift. I'll write the whole time I'm healing so it's not wasted time. But, you know, I, at the same time, I you know, I want to look my, like, I'm not going to look 20. I'm not going to suddenly get parts for like 30 year olds. Like I, I want to be natural. I don't want to like, I don't want to have like a pillow face. Like I, I look (laughs) around and I go, does that look good to people? Like, is there going to be a moment where I want to have that look? Is it that like the curly nails of like the Chinese (laughs) empire, empire, like where that's, a look of,
0: you know, wealth and, uh, accomplishment.
2: Like, sometimes. yeah, I, I, I like my wrinkles. I need to be able to have a rubbery face, but I, I don't like, you know, seeing like my jawline, you know, I, I'm not, I'm human, like yeah. I, you know, and I'm, I'm in show business and I'm, I, I work really hard to not get hung up on it. You know, like the greatest thing my therapist said, I think was like, look in the mirror less. And it's so true because I feel beautiful, and I, you know, like I, I don't think about it, and I know that, you know, when I do look in the mirror, I, I always give some leeway to cognitive distortion, right? Because I know what we see of ourselves is less than what we are. You know what I mean? Because we're sometimes better. Even you
0: don't know what you're looking at when you're looking in the mirror. Because sometimes I see, I see something great. Like now I look gorgeous, but when I look at this back, I'm going to, um, I'll have notes.
2: Right, right. Yeah. But also you don't have to look at it back. Oh, you do because you're probably going to edit it.
0: Well, no, I probably right. won't. <laughs> um, I, I have to wrap it up now because this, I, I you just You know, I'm out. really busy too. I pulled a Howard Stern. I clo- I shut the interview down and then I started it back up again. That was my well, first you've Howard said Stern. We have said it all, Sarah Silverman.
2: Well, he is so great too because, and I'm sorry, we're wrapping it up. Please, no, I just take all I the time out, like, for your sake. It's all I'm the like political stuff we do to a degree. You and I are are preaching to the choir. Like it would be great to break through our echo chamber, but it's realistically, I don't know how much we do. Yeah, Howard. I was so grateful to him when he finally started talking about the world, you yeah. know, and Trump yes. he didn't he didn't for a while and then he did. And it's so powerful when he does it because he can actually change minds. He has a million he has liberal followers and he has total Trump head followers. Yeah. You know, and the, and so he's in a very unique position to be influential. Yeah. Anyway,
0: and doing we've a service, we've said it all, Sarah Silverman. I love you. I thank you for doing this. Thank you for you too. the years of inspiration and joy. I hope that I can be with you someday soon in person. Yes. yes. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. If you if if you find anyone on your list, call me because I'm. Looking. I'm going to. All right. All right. Thank you, Sarah. See you later. The show is over, girl, so thanks for listening. It's been a vibe, and damn it, don't you dare forget to subscribe. I promise next week will be ten times better than even the last. Except when it's not. Thanks for coming by, Sarah. Hope okay, we do it again. You think Jesus is magic? So are you, Silverman. And that's the last word of the podcast.